This is the IBM Cloud Podcast with Dan Bettinger, covering capabilities, methods, and discoveries to help you cloud better. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the IBM Cloud Podcast. This is Dan, and today we've got a really great episode, especially if you want the speed of the public cloud, but are constrained because of regulatory concerns, compliance, data latency. Joining me today is Brianna Frank, Director of Product Management for IBM Cloud. Brianna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you. Can you help the audience understand uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. I run product within IBM Cloud. And one of the things that I really find a lot of joy in doing is actually listening to our clients and you know hearing the kinds of struggles and pain points that they are having and finding ways to fix those with technology and working with my development teams and design teams to build products and services that help um, you know allow people to innovate faster at the end of, at the end of the day and when you innovate and when teams innovate, they typically have been choosing open source technologies. Those are effectively the fundamental building blocks for modern business and delivering value to end users. And one thing that we've seen is that the IBM Cloud's built on open source technologies and capabilities, which is wonderful. And we have Red Hat in the family as well. But sometimes there are teams out there that want to take advantage of open source based cloud capability, but they can't. They're not allowed to because of regulatory concerns or data latency. Can you expound upon that, please? Absolutely. I think that you said it so well in terms of IBM has this incredible history with open source, and we're so involved. And I will tell you, the open source community is one of the most phenomenal things that exist. I mean, the people in all of the open source communities are so welcoming and They're just great humans. They really are very welcoming. They're all about inventing new things, but about working together. It's a really special place to be if you get the opportunity to work in or with the open source communities. So, of course, one of the big ones and some of the the big trend that we've seen over the last few years is Kubernetes. Kubernetes sort of overtook everything. And our flavor, obviously, of Kubernetes is OpenShift here at IBM with our acquisition of Red Hat. And the... (laughs) <laughs> Kubernetes does so many things well, and it's amazing, but there's some complexity there. And unless you're very tied into the community and you're well acquainted with Kube, it can be a little bit you know, cumbersome to manage and operate on a daily basis. And even those that can, maybe they don't want to. <laughs> so that's where managed services like the IBM Cloud Kubernetes service or Red Hat OpenShift on IBM Cloud come into handy because then our clients don't have to worry about installing and managing and updating they can just consume. So that's kind of a major trend that I've seen, especially over the last year in particular. A lot of companies who thought they might want to just run Kube themselves have said, you know what, we, we can, but that's really expensive and it's very time consuming. And it's also very prone to accidents. So it's better to leverage a cloud who has gone all in in this technology and knows how to run tens of thousands of clusters in production worldwide. I was wondering... There's this motion that I've heard about towards something called distributed cloud. Is that something you can educate me on? Because I'm not exactly always clear what that means. I love. I know there's always new a new buzzword: hybrid cloud, multi cloud, distributed cloud. So distributed cloud is one of the new things that we've really seen come in the scene in a very strong manner over the last couple of years. 
And distributed is, you know, the way that Gartner defines it is a public cloud, but distributed in many different locations. So on-prem, at the edge, on other public clouds. And this concept of distributed is really allowing a cloud provider to have the ownership, the governance of those cloud services so that you can just consume them anywhere as a user. And you don't have to worry. The, the worry and operations, all the chores are taken on by the cloud service provider. So the experts. So instead of having to care, feed, manage, run stuff, and maybe dilute your time, you're able to maybe take advantage of what a cloud provider can offer and then build on top and actually deliver value. Is that kind of where we're going with this? Absolutely. And there's so many different reasons why you might want to leverage a distributed cloud solution. Our distributed cloud um, offering that we announced in GA earlier this year is IBM Cloud Satellite. And what we found is that there could be a reason why all of your workloads might not want to live in the public cloud today. Or maybe they're moving, but there's a journey that you're on. And it could be that you need certain workloads to run in a specific country because of regulation and compliance. Or it could be that you would prefer to run your workloads at the edge so that your data and analytics could be actually that compute could run at the edge and doesn't have to go back to the public cloud or really leave the edge. And you can reduce latency that way. Or maybe you just need help managing all of these different environments that you have across many different clouds, on-prem, at the edge. How do you manage all of that? So there's lots of different reasons why this way of delivering cloud is emerged. And I think what it really is the, at, at the heart of it is just flexibility. Our clients have a lot of needs and they want to have a lot of flexibility in how they're you know tackling those challenges. I think everybody's journey to the cloud is different, right? And they've got different ways to implement. They're all starting in different places, have different heritage applications or net new applications that they need to go deploy. And that's maybe where this comes in is, is maybe that flexibility of choice and giving people the opportunity to consume the cloud where they want it, the way they want it to. That being said, what specifically does IBM bring to the table to help our clients who are interested in this model? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it gets to the heart of what we try to do with our clients is provide as much flexibility as possible. And so one of the things we heard loud and clear is that our clients are on different paths or they're different parts of that journey. So in some cases, they want us to do everything. They want us to run the infrastructure for them. They want us to run the cloud services and we can do that. Or maybe they want us to deploy to a um, appliance. We can do that. But sometimes clients have existing infrastructure in their data centers that are not being used, and they want us to be able to deploy our cloud services to that data center. And that was something that we heard early on, which was a very important step in many folks' journey to cloud, because that's where the workloads reside today, and they need help managing them. So if we can offload some of those operational chores, that helps them for the time being. And then maybe their journey starts to go to the public cloud eventually, but that's where the pain of modernization is for them today. And that's where they need help. That's what we heard our clients loud and clear. And most of what we hear is that's the current problem that many clients are facing today. Do you have examples of or use cases? What's happening? Like, great, this is a capability. We've heard that people want this. But for those listeners who haven't heard about this before, can you maybe make it a little more concrete? 
So I'll give you a few examples of what I'm seeing in the real world. One of the clients we're working with is in the middle of a merger and in the financial industry and what this, the pain and stress of going through a merger. And as a the person in charge of all of the IT and being the CTO, I can't imagine the stress of bringing these two complex financial in, you know, institutions together to make sure that everything is secure inconsistent and that everything works together. And so, you know, they need help in making sure that they have a consistent platform, but they also want the security features built in so that they can offload some of that and they can handle some of the more custom um, integrations with their um, specific merger. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things we heard early on was so critical is that the FS cloud, which is part of IBM cloud, those controls and the compliance that's built in you know, our clients need that distributed to the edge and they need it distributed into their data centers because they want to have a specific level of familiarity or security built in so that they don't have to have to take that on themselves. So that was one of the first ones. So it's really on-prem and creating this, this consistency between the two companies with the FS Cloud controls built in. Another example um, that we see is at the edge. And so we were working with a hospital who was interesting. They have all kinds of compliance and regulations in this specific country and where the data cannot leave the country and they, you know, it needs a, a certain level of encryption. And so what was happening is they didn't have a great solution. So instead of using modern technology, they were actually using sticky notes, which is kind of terrifying to think that your critical health information could be shared on a sticky note and get lost or the wrong person could see it and you would lose your you know, privacy. So that wasn't the best way to handle things. Or folks were using their own personal devices, which were not um, properly secured. So what we were able to do is create a ability for those hospitals to chat and to access very confidential health information in a very secure, compliant way at the edge. So we were able to deploy satellite to the, the hospital edge and allow those chat communications and accessing of the data to happen in a more secure way. And then another example would be kind of a multi-cloud example. And we're working with a digital marketing agency who specializes in building amazing digital experiences that are very personalized by each of their clients. And one of the things that they're, they were struggling with is they have so much data that they've collected and that they're applying that data to these very interesting AI models that allow personalization and they can have marketing campaigns that are very specific and targeted to the to an end user. But what they're finding is they're deploying all of these apps in many different places for their clients. And that becomes a big chore to manage them. So they actually leverage OpenShift today. And then they also leverage um, the Cloud Pack for Data and AI, which helps with that AI modeling. But they needed satellite to help manage the different locations and, and manage OpenShift in all of those different locations in a consistent way. And they wanted to be able to see what workloads were running where. So um, that was that's kind of an interesting one too. And I always like to see how, especially with data and AI, how that's being applied and how the personalization is really impacting their business model because now they're able to create these marketing campaigns that are very personalized and they have much higher engagement rates. I like the fact that people are having sticky notes holding information on them in a healthcare facility. Last time I checked, I don't think sticky notes are HIPAA compliant. 
Um, I, I could be wrong. I do not think they are as well. In fact, I lose sticky notes on my desk all the time and I'm not sure how, you know, how I do that, but I managed to do that. So I don't think it's the best uh, method for sure. Right, right. So, so what I'm hearing is that that IBM cloud satellite gives these users capabilities that extend public cloud services into their on-premise environment, the edge and maybe even other clouds. And the benefit there is you get this common substrate and common platform or set of capabilities that regardless of your location, you kind of get the same thing. Is that netting Absolutely. it out? Absolutely. Okay. You know, and it's it's interesting. This, this part of satellite was really born out of necessity. So one of the things that we found in the IBM cloud is that if you're just managing a few clusters, it's not too time consuming. Once you start managing tens of thousands, 25,000, you know, managing a lot of Kubernetes clusters can be very unruly. And so we built automation internally, which allowed us to have an auditable trace of what's running where all over the world. And we found this to be so incredibly helpful for us in our operations that we actually open source that technology. It's called Razzie.io, and we bake that into satellite. And it's it's just a feature, but it's one that we find is really helpful because that's how we run our cloud. And we find that having that visibility of the live workloads and what's running where is really critical to being able to operate and manage them in a consistent, secure, and available way. No, that's really interesting. And Razzie.io is another example of IBM creating an open source project or creating a project. We incubated that internally, as I recall, used it at scale in production for a number of years, and then subsequently gave that back to the community. It's wonderful. I mean, I think that that's a nice um, culture that we have at IBM is that everyone, the first thing that people think about when we're doing something neat is, oh, this would be a great open source project. And of course, we have a little bit of a process in which we do that. But I think that it's nice that that's the culture and that's the the first direction that people are thinking is how do we open source this? Well, speaking of first directions, like somebody who's interested in looking and learning and maybe implementing satellite, what are the first steps like to to do this? Like, uh, do do we need servers? Do I need a bunch of Intel NUC boxes? Where do I start? Those are hard to get a hold of for sure. But yes, you could go check out ibm.com slash cloud slash satellite. And you could take a guided tour. You could kind of learn um, about satellite. You could you know, see a demo environment. We have plenty of YouTube um, demos and sort of overviews. But the way that satellite works essentially is you go to the IBM cloud and you create a satellite location and then you start adding additional services on top. So maybe you want to add Red Hat OpenShift on IBM cloud next. And then you can kind of layer there and just consume cloud as a service in your location. Okay. Does that include like databases or? Yes, that's a great question. So databases are actually going to um, arrive in GA this month. So we're, we're very excited to add them to the satellite family. So what else will I be able to consume through this construct? We have a pretty robust roadmap of services that are coming on board all year. But I think a couple of the big ones, of course, is our database, our um, IBM Cloud databases, but also those FS Cloud controls that I talked about earlier. You know, having that compliance and control um, distributed into our clients' environments is probably the number one request that I hear from clients. I mean, when can I get those FS Cloud controls? Because those are really critical 
and dev tools, and then our code engine, which is a way to consume cloud in a very easy developer friendly way, will also onboard to the IBM Cloud satellite family in the not too near future. Okay. And I'll add those to the show notes so that listeners can dive deeper into those technologies and capabilities. Um, with that being said, was there anything else you wanted to mention to our listeners about this model, about satellites in general? If you're listening or if you have thoughts, I mean, I think we're such, we're kind of obsessed with user feedback. So if you're in this space, if you have questions or, you know, there's problems that you're trying to solve that you haven't been able to tackle yet, those are the kinds of things that we really, we like to hear about, we want to think about, those are kinds of the kinds of things we like to go design solutions for. So happy to have people's feedback on what we're doing or, you know, what problems we should go solve next. Okay. Well, great. I want to be cognizant of your time and our listeners' time, and I uh, think we can wrap it up. I want to thank you, Brianna, for your time today. This has been great. And thanks to all the listeners. Check out the show notes for more information, and we'll see you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder what the over-under is here on getting interrupted. I've got two kids at home whose school's <laughs> over, two dogs, wife's working from home, and I'm expecting a delivery, the mosquito people, and yard crew.